Hey, Carl, what do you call a zombie prostitute? A streetwalker. Uh, that one probably isn't as funny as I thought it would be. I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! <laughs> You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Zombies Ate My Podcast. This is the one and one and only place for you to tune in for zombie survival preparation. Uh, my name is Ryan and I'll be your host this week. Bob unfortunately caught the zombie virus from the busy zombie lord who is back today. Lou, you feeling better? I'm feeling better. My voice isn't completely back, but I I am feeling better. And I apologize, Bob. I didn't mean to give it to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was uh, it was you know it was like that uh, that prison disease. It just flew eight hours down the highway. Same exact thing. Exactly. Uh, I want to thank Joel for joining us last week. We had a blast, and actually that was our f- one of we may we may have had a guest on to discuss Walking Dead, but um, it's been a while. So it was nice to have a fresh sort of look at the show i mean most people who listen know our opinion when it comes to the walking dead so it was nice to get a fresh you know sort of opinion in here so yeah um, i would i would personally really like to thank joel for stepping in for me i felt really bad because i was supposed to be on that episode but this flu thing just kind of kicked my butt so i, I guess i'm next man i i don't want to say that because like from what you guys were saying it's not the kind of sickness where it's like great three days so i can play video games it's kind of not worth the punishment, right? No, I pretty much it. I went to work with like a tickle in my throat Monday, and I was like, "Oh, I think I got a cold." And then by that night, I was like, "Oh, I don't think I feel so good." <laughs> and then Tuesday morning, I got up, my alarm went off, and I didn't even get out of bed. And my wife had to come wake me up, and she was like, "You look awful." And I was like, "Can't." move don't feel good she's like hold on i'll go get you your phone you're not going to work and i basically missed like two or three days of work because of it ouch i didn't get off the couch oh man that's rough and and you know what happens like you know first the tickle next time next time you know you're stuck in bed and then the next thing you know someone's beating your head in with a fire extinguisher yeah i no kidding i i was expecting that (laughs) and god forbid if they were tied together to form nunchucks Bob's not here. I had to get my sand. That but, or the other the other excuse is next thing you know, someone's sticking a uh, tube down your throat to keep you from choking to death. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot you were in here uh, to discuss. We'll have to get you a quick thought on. Um, not at all. Five not at all. Me. We uh, we uh, that you don't need my opinions on that episode. Trust me. Oh uh, well, we'll we'll talk some Walking Dead uh, more so in a bit. But let's get into the news. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Um, and we're going to start things off with uh, a cool little fan film. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was a little hesitant to watch this, but it's... <clears throat> sorry. It's Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness. And... Um, 
these fan films that seems pretty ambitious. I don't know how you were would be able to do that without it looking corny. Um but this film actually was really well done. Have you ever read the Marvel Zombie comics? I've read a few of them. I really wasn't crazy about it um, just because it wasn't like it was real zombies. It seemed to be like the only way to kill the zombies in the zombie Marvel universe was like to completely obliterate them. The virus was like post-apocalyptic and nothing can stop it. And it's just watching them destroy each other. Really? It really wasn't my thing but i thought the idea was neat okay well yeah um, as a as a as a spin-off and you know with this fan film really well done i'm not going to spoil it all for everybody but you know it's, uh, i have to say when i saw the i because you found this not me i can't take any credit for this <laughs> when i saw the link in the notes i was like huh i don't know if this is going to be any good this already kind of weirds me out but two seconds in i was i was sold I was sold, and it it's really really fun to watch. And my favorite part is is afterwards when they're running the credits, exp- sh- listing everybody that's in it. They show uh, uh, the footage of them actually filming, like mm-hmm. document uh, documentary style. Yeah, like and it's really scenes. neat. Yeah, it's really neat to see what they the, all the stuff they put into this. Yeah. No, it, it was really well done, and, and I mean, we won't bore you to tears. I mean, all this is a very visual thing, so we'll let you guys hunt it down. It'll be in the notes, um, and we highly recommend it. It's only like eight minutes, um, and there's some great stuff in there, and, and there's nods to a lot of the Marvel zombie characters um, without, you know, obviously going into detail because that would involve a lot of budget, and I, it's a fan I, film. I also want to give a shout out to the guy that's doing a, an impression of Bruce Campbell because it's the best Bruce Campbell impression I've seen in a long time. Yeah. His man, he, he plays a very good young Bruce Campbell. It's very, very well done. Um, and you know, before we get into walking dead talk, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, this local main blogger hoax. Okay. So this week, a headline showed up in my Facebook feed, and someone sent me the link on Twitter, too, that something about The Walking Dead is filming in Maine. And I was like, what? Oh, I'm all excited. And so I opened up this WordPress blog, and it's a local guy that does um, some news articles. And he, this is like his side project, this blog. And he's talking about how AMC is signed a thing with the state of Maine and Walking Dead's going to film a couple episodes here in Maine da, da, da. and then you get about three paragraphs in and he's talking about how the actors are really willing to accept the, 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 the challenge because they're going to be dealing with real zombies because we have real zombies here in Maine and I was like oh it's a hoax <laughs> this guy is just trying link bait and then if you look the next post from the guy on his blog is, haha, I got 57,000 views to my blog today. And it was like, really? I mean, I, 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 the, his, his, his hoax is funny if you're from the state of Maine because you kind of read stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Ha, he's making fun of the governor or he's making fun of this. Ha, 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 that's funny. But it's like, really? He should have been more upfront disclosing that it's a hoax 
that it's a joke. Because I was excited for about all of two minutes, and then I was pissed off. Well, the first two paragraphs, I mean, the first thing for me is, like, the joke of a live Walking Dead. Which, you know, is more a publicity, could be a publicity stunt by AMC. Sure, it's a far-fetched thing, but then they start talking about, like, real-life zombies. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is, I knew it was a hoax going in because you had told me, but... It, it sort of came off as like an onion style like parody yeah, satire like, thing. Like if this had come from the onion, I would have understood that. But this isn't what this guy's blog is always about. Some of his stuff is like real stuff. And then I saw this and was like, oh, I get it. Never mind. I was excited for about all of five seconds. And then I was angry. Yeah. And I just got to say that. I hate link bait crap like this. And I think it just does a disservice to people like you and I who are trying to like find cool headlines for people. You need to find something like that. You're like, oh, this is cool. Oh, never mind. So I thought it was at least worth bringing up on the show to tell people, don't do crap like this. And, you know, I mean, uh, he he it, makes some good points in the comments saying like, maybe this will you know actually get the attention of the AMC people. But uh, that's that's a far fetch, and um, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily destructive, but it's almost like, hmm, it's it's almost like he could it could be real uh, in the sense that he didn't put at the end like, hey, just so you guys know, this is satire. But right. I think I think really like my first clue was when they started talking about a live episode and also real zombies. Like to me, that was like oh, okay. Or well, I mean, the with- thing that the thing that got me upset was that someone sent me the link, and I was at work and I couldn't really actually view the link from where I was. All I saw was the headline, and the headline was like "Walking Dead filming in Maine," and I was like, "Oh, where? I gotta drive and see if I could see something or do something that's amazing." And then I got home and I read the article and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I spent true. all afternoon excited over nothing." You're so right, because uh, people <laughs> people see like titles. I do. I do this too. Everybody does it. You know, this is what Twitter has done to us. Like we see the first 140 characters and we react. So for me, this is why video game reviewers don't put like the score in the headline because then no one would ever read the review. But to me, it's like it's totally understandable to read a headline like, you know, main to get live show of the Walking Dead special, and I'm like, yes, of course, that's amazing. You know, but you're right. You have to kind of dig into it and, you know, make sure. And um, it sucks. And you're well, right. People should probably stop just doing that. To, just to say, just a little inside baseball on how we get our news notes, or at least how I do the news stuff that I find, mm-hmm. is I look all day on Twitter and watch my Twitter feed show up, and I have follow a bunch of stuff that all reflects zombies and news articles related to zombies and stuff. And... I just favorite stuff all day. And then when I come home in the evening, I'm like, while I'm watching TV, I'm like, oh, let's look at this. Nope, that's junk. Nope, that's junk. Nope, that's junk. But when I, saw some, when I see things that say, hey, it's the state I live in and Walking Dead in the same sentence, this is going to be awesome for the show. Oh, oh. never mind. Well, it, it's, it's interesting nonetheless. But uh, one final thing here. We, have, we talked about the spinoff for The Walking Dead uh, a couple of episodes ago. And we were mixed. I thought it was a great idea. Lou and Bob were kind of like, guys, come on. You know, this isn't good. But there's been uh, news that the spinoff may be a prequel. 
Um, See, that I'm okay with. That 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 will excite me. Yeah, because one thing we don't get in the comics, and um, oddly enough, Kirkman has said he has no interest in showing. You know, the early. I thought he'd said the early days were boring to him because they've done the early days. So this news sort of, now that I'm thinking about it, shocks me because he's gone on record saying that, you know, the beginning of the zombie apocalypse is what every movie does and it doesn't get far enough to where they're at now where it's like years down the road. So this is obviously not concrete news, but um, we got a quote here. Yeah, it's it's a quote from Kirkman in an interview where he says, you know, oh wait, that's an older interview, sorry. Anyways, I'm not going to dig through this, but it's interesting to note that a prequel might be in the books for The Walking Dead, uh, obviously focusing on maybe the first few months after the apocalypse as opposed to the first few, uh, I think now we're at the first few years, but I'm, I don't know, what do you what do you think, Lou? Like looking at a different place, a different timeline of The Walking I would Dead. Lo- well, the thing I was afraid that they were going to do with this, it was going to be the same thing over again but just in a different part of the country. But if they do the beginning of everything, it leaves us to kind of see where things changed and kind of why things spread as fast as it did. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I mean, you know, I look forward to hearing more, and I think, you know, come Comic-Con San Diego uh, this summer, we'll have some more information on it because that's usually when, like, The Walking Dead starts to the 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 next season train starts to get going but i just had something weird pop into my head so i'm going to hold on to that until we get into the spoiler talk um but you know what i think it's about time we talk about the walking dead spoiler what do you think sounds good to me let's get to it mm-hmm. all right so warning everybody just so everybody knows as always spoilers for the walking dead uh, we're talking about season four, episode six today, uh, and the thought that had popped into my head when we were talking about the prequel, or maybe not the prequel, but the spinoff, was Carol got shipped off. What if Carol showed up in the spinoff? Maybe, but I think she's going to return before this season's out. Yeah, there is the, the, the uh, you know, uh, Daryl thing, but speaking of Carol leaving away in episode five... What did you think about episode five? Um, episode five, uh, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the t- twists they take. I was totally expecting Glenn to die before the end of the episode. Yeah, as we but were. He, but he didn't, and I was really excited that he didn't. Um, my big takeaway is the. it seems like the flu thing is over. Yeah. And... I think that that's going to change the dynamic. They used this flu thing to eliminate all the extra cast members, and we're going to be back, basically back down to the core group again here shortly. Yeah. Now, see, the flu thing, um, a, a, an interesting concept as it was to us uh, when we were talking about it last week, seemed kind of um, awesome all the way, you know, up until the very end when it was very cheesy and network TV. And yes, guys, I'm going to complain about this for just one more week. Hang tight. Um, just the the reveal of the governor, all menacing and, you know, ooh, I'm the governor, you know, and I'm back and I'm going to take you. It was like, if the camera hadn't cut, I thought maybe he was going to start doing like a WrestleMania speech or something, you know. 
Um, did you agree with that statement, or did you think like, oh, you know, you it had to happen eventually? What do you mean? In the sense that the governor's sort of showing up at the end of episode five in sort of a weird um, forced cliffhanger. It was just you saw him, and your question was why he was why was he there? But it just seems so, you know, cheesy. Like the camera pans down to reveal the governor watching it's, the prison. It's stereotypical TV trope. I yeah. wasn't surprised at all. You weren't surprised, but you agreed. It didn't bother. It didn't, didn't bother, bother me. But I, I was just like, oh yeah, they that. This is to be expected. Okay. Uh-huh. So the governor's back. But the thing they did was they bring back the governor and let's jump into this episode. Yeah. There is no regular cast in this episode. Yep. It's all um, – It's all the governor. It's – yeah. It's really all the governor, a couple new guys and – I mean we won't jump too far ahead. But I kind of reluctantly predicted this last week where I said – they can do one of two things. They just hit the ground running with the governor. He's back. He's angry, whatever. And they kind of made it look like that uh, with the, the episode six previews. You know, it really just showed uh, a governor, a moody governor burning shit down, um, looking as he did at the end of episode five. Um, and I had said they could do that, which would probably be the most exciting way they could do it. Or... They do what they said they were going to do, take the governor character in a different direction. And they did this with the, a flashback episode where right after the events of season three, you know, leading up to, um, I don't know if I had to put a, a guess on it halfway through the events of season uh, four, but um, yeah, it's totally from the angle of the governor um, and we get to experience his downfall and his resurgence and then leaving him in a an odd weird place because and you know what they really just try and humanize the character you know they take everything away from uh, you know he took things away from himself by shooting all of his people but then you know uh, he he obviously is very traumatized by this you know and uh he wakes up and he goes to sleep in in his camp with his two buddies and then he wakes up, and the two buddies leave him there all, to be all by himself. I mean, smart move, right? Um, but yeah. And then there's just this montage of him wandering through dilapidated city, and slowly his beard gets thicker and his hair gets longer. And all I kept picturing in my head was the song, I'll Walk 500 Miles. I just, as I was reading that in the notes, I just had this amazing, and I'm glad this isn't live, because... I might do this, but someone needs to take clips from that walking montage and play, I would walk 500 miles. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right, it's that happening. Was, uh, that was all I kept picturing in my head. But, you know, it definitely made him more human, and it made you appreciate him more, that yeah. he realizes the mistakes he made. Well, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's the thing, is that the governor... It seems like the governor knows that he's done something bad and he's hit rock bottom and he's sort of started to crawl out of that 
Abyss, and maybe this is what Kirkman and show producers were talking about in the sense that they weren't done with the governor. They wanted to do something different with the character. And sure, him going out guns a-blazing at the end of season three would have satisfied everybody who read the comics and the people who watched the show because obviously they want to see a bad guy die. You know, that's how it works, you know? Uh, the right. per- The person who ties the lady to the railroad tracks evidently gets caught and put in jail. Like, that's what they want. But... I'm excited, cautiously, about what they're doing here. They're sort of, they're sometimes doing something different. The, sometimes the road to uh, redemption is more interesting than the road to someone's demise. I think, I think you're right. Like, I mean, I know. Again, I know a lot of people wanted to see him die, and in the comics, he dies spectacular, spectacularly. Still not right, but I'll move on. Um, but I think it would be a hell of a lot more interesting to see him... Like, we know he's not going to be buddy-buddy with Rick. That can't happen. Um, he may be able to, you know, uh, live on elsewhere for the rest of his times. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he's really changed. Um, maybe he's, he's realized the mistakes. But he's still an unstable person. Right, uh, we so, don't see that in this episode, but, but I think we we'll haven't see it. discussed what he found. But sure. so he wanders and wanders and wanders and wanders, and it's, we get this montage of him going places, and there's this wall with all these people's names on it, and there's something about finding somebody named Brian so and so, and they're like, "Have you seen Brian so and so? Have you found Brian so and so? Brian so and so is dead, and it's all written on this brick wall." Oh, I missed that, and then. He's wandering through um, this section of wherever, whatever town or city he's in, and he sees a little girl in the window. And so he goes to that building. Which I thought and, he was hallucinating and saw his daughter. Yeah, that's what I thought too because there was a hallucination scene earlier. Well, mainly um, because when he walked past the window, the window was shut and there was nobody in there. Right, but there was a there was a scene where he saw like the spirit of his daughter while he was wandering or something like that. And so when I saw the little girl in the window, I kind of thought, "Oh, he's seeing his daughter in the window." Okay, and then he goes inside and he finds survivors. He finds uh, a woman and her daughter and her sister and their cancer patient father, mm-hmm. who's dying. And they offer him some food, and they've cleared out most of the apartment building, it seems like, or at least there's not that many people there. So they let him stay in, like, the room across the hall. Yeah. They were very accommodating for a stranger with a scruffy beard. Yeah. Like, I think they assume, like, they haven't, they've been holed up there a long time, and we see that based on the state of the um, upstairs inhabitants. Uh, but I don't think they've seen a lot of survivors, so they sort of like they're still cautious. But they, you know, they give they give the governor more than we would give them. I mean, uh, right? You know, I, I think I think um, what's interesting about this episode and does us a disservice is because we know that the governor. We hate the governor. He's evil. You know, and we see him doing these good things and reacting like a good person, and it's just. It's weird. It's not bad. I'm not complaining. I just, I think it's an interesting dynamic, and I think um, they pulled it off 
well enough, you know? Right, right. So he meets these people and he sees that the father is sick and he helps them get him into a bed. And the sickly father looks at him and says, there's a backgaming board in the guy upstairs' apartment and he's gone now, but... I would like to get my granddaughter to smile again. She hasn't spoken in months. Can you go get the backgaming board? I don't. I dare not ask anybody else to go do it. You've dealt with these things before. You know what to do. Yeah. So the governor, I totally didn't expect him to do it. I expected the governor to be a jerk like he's been in the past seasons. Well, I didn't expect the human part. I was, I've been... I, I I spent the entire episode expecting him to backstab these people at some point. I think, and like, he never does. Yeah, like I think when it comes to the the backgammon board, that is an interesting test that evil evil person could easily just say, "No way, dude! I'm not risking my life for a board game." But if you really think about it, he's smart. He knows he he can kind of tell that the building isn't inhabited by a lot of things. Um, he was still very cautious, but I mean, you can tell that that building's been not cleared out, but disabled. I mentioned it. He mentions the old man mentions a key phrase saying, you know, we've been up there many times trying to clear them out and no matter how many shots they take, they just won't stay down. And he thinks, oh, well, you know, they're not shooting them in the head. There can't be that many if they keep going up there. So I think in that sense, yeah, it's still a good deed, no matter which way you phrase it, but it gets it's a means to an end for him he he does it he gets in their good favors and then can stay there longer i think um but well, he plans on leaving like that first episode he's like getting ready to leave and they ask him to stay yeah and i think again i think like he he really just wants to be alone i mean he at this point he's a broken guy and i think he just wants to live he would have been happy to just die you know, I think he was ready, right. you know, and uh, I think I don't know. I, I have not read the comics and I don't know. I mean, from what I uh, from what I've um, heard, I believe the governor goes out guns blazing like he dies, you know, the way he interacted with Rick, an angry piece of shit, <laughs> you know. Right. So in this one, they've really taken him and they've turned him on, his, on you know, on his other side. But that's the first bit. And then the second bit is that. You know, Grandpa's getting worse, and uh, you know he needs an air tank, so they send him to the infested uh, old folks' home. Yeah, they ask him to go to the old folks' home, and yeah. when he goes to the old folks' home, he totally doesn't kill any of the zombies. Yeah. None of them. He literally just kind of like sneaks in, sneaks past a bunch of the zombies, gets as many oxygen tanks as he can carry, and gets out. Well, yeah, I, he he, he kind of messes up, too, because the zombies catch him and he's only able to get away with one. I, uh, I think, two. He gets two. Oh, he got two. Yeah, that's right. And I think, like, that was the true test to see whether... Because he gains nothing by getting those tanks to him. You know? He he still right. wants to leave, yet he is doing... Now, that that is truly a good deed because he's putting himself in danger. He's only taken this crappy little gun... And he's he's saving air tanks, which aren't essential, really. Like the grandpa's dying, the air tank just keeps him around another. Like, judging by the time lapse, maybe another month or so. Um, so again, this is just proof that you know maybe it took. 
Again, the governor is not a good person. He still killed many people. He's an awful dude. But the way they're doing this is they're slowly building him up to be at least realize the mistakes he's made. You know, and maybe right. he's going to try and you know make good on it with these new people. But I and that that sets off a whole new thing where you know Grandpa you know flash forward a month later and the governor's you know teaching the little kid to play chess and the grandpa dies and um the governor has to take him out with right. the, the they very totally, air tank. <laughs> they totally don't understand what's going on because the old guy dies and they're all standing around and being like, oh, poor, sad, grim. And the governor's kind of standing there and you can tell that he wants to say, hey, step away from the old man. But he's like trying to be nice. and you're He's like, being respectful, which is super weird. Yeah, like I, you're like, and then finally the guy's eyes open and he reaches up and he goes to take a bite out of one of the girls and the governor grabs one of the empty oxygen tanks and smashes the head in. Yeah. And, it, and and like they were all freaking out and I was totally expecting them to kick him out at that point being like, how dare you? Yeah, and then, but they're not – thankfully, they're not crazy. Yeah, they're not crazy. You know, and uh, they let they let him stay, and he helps them bury the body. Yeah, which then um, kickstarts another uh, five hundred mile trek where they get in the car, and, or the truck rather. They they load them all up, get as much blankets in there as possible, uh, you know, and, and get hit the road. Um, which again, like getting near the end of the episode but one key thing is again humanizing the governor i mean we've seen the governor have the sexual relations before but uh i think the difference here was it was you know he he gets it on with what what's her name lily lily the mother the mother and the weird thing is is she looks like she's like maybe my age which is about 30 and the governor looks like he's easily in his mid 40s so he seems almost like he's old enough to be her dad so it's kind of weird and creepy and it's a brief scene i mean it's less i'd say it's less than a minute long it's just them look like they're going to take their clothes off kind of thing and you know what's going to happen and the whole situation just seems weird and uncomfortable (laughs) and i was just like this is really weird. Well, I, for me, it's uncomfortable. It's like, as her, like, you know, it's like, well, do I look at your eye patch or do I look in your one good eye? I mean, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, but the thing that got me was like, she was sort of sitting awkwardly, like up against him and he looked like his arm was underneath her. So it already looked like they were sort of uncomfortably together. And she just sort of like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make a joke here. And I'm sorry, but it, it seemed like she woke up as if the governor was like uh, spooning her. And it was like, she, all she needed to say was, do you have a flashlight or something that's poking me? Like, it's just so, it was such a weird scene. The way her, if you watch her face, she just sort of like has this odd realization <laughs> and then yeah like, like whole- turns around and looks at him and 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 maybe this is sort of like similar to what happened with you know glenn and maggie where you know glenn uh, i can't really remember how it went but it, it was sort of the same way where it's like fuck it it's the apocalypse 
let's get it on. And they, they, you know, they eventually, you know, get to know each other and end up saying, hey, that was a good idea. But it was still weird. And but I saw it coming a mile away. Um, But again, like you notice the difference between um, this relationship with Lily and the relationship he had with uh, the blonde woman who shall not be named, um, Andrea, who died. We I thought she should not be named, man. It's because I forgot her name, and then it's no, we, I, you know you think she should be the the, the the one who shall not be named. Yes. Um, but the the difference between the two of those relationships is that with Andrea, it was more about power and controlling her, and then with Lily, it was legitimately a it, it was. I it don't was know, maybe it was love. I don't it know. was weirdly awkward, but weirdly humanizing to him as a character. Yeah, and it makes you kind of forget all the stuff he's done. And even when he's talking to the little, we we skipped over this bit, but the little girl asks him asks him about his eye patch, and the you know like typical talking to a eight year old girl is like, oh, I'm a pirate, <laughs> you know. And if I had an eye patch, I mean that'd be my go to answer as well, but. Um, but then he explains, you know, to her, like I was trying to help somebody and someone, you know, got in my way and, and tried to hurt I, I someone. Tried to hurt someone and I couldn't protect them and I lost my eye. Yeah. And which was true yeah. in his mind. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's just really weird. And, and that little scene reminds you like. Oh right, he's got enemies, you know, way more than he can probably take on, and this is interesting. And uh, but again, like after that weird scene, they wake up and um, their their sexual healing did not work on the truck. The truck, for some reason, wouldn't start in the morning. Um, so they Until go they on have foot. To walk. Yeah, and then you know they run into. We're getting here near the end here, uh, folks. They get. Uh, they run into a, a horde of zombies, which prompts them to... But before that, friggin' little uh, cadet girl, you know, weirdly looking around and twists her ankle, which, I mean, that was weird, right? She just twists her ankle. That's convenient. Oh, right before there's going to be a horde to run away from? Let's twist your ankle. Um, it was weirdly tropey, and I was kind of like, for someone who, while she wasn't, like, badass... But for someone that seemed to kind of know what they were doing, it was like she t- twisted her ankle and I was like, really? Right now? Well, to her defense, like, we don't know how long they were walking. And I mean, I don't know about you, but if you've ever walked, like been on your feet for a whole day or something, like that can get to you. Um, but I mean, there's, yeah. Anyways, it leads into them running from the horde and then the governor and the little girl falling into a zombie pit, which if you'll recall was a tactic employed by the governor and, uh, the people who, uh, the, we call him second banana, according to the, the notes here. I don't know his name. We have these cute little nicknames for people who we can't remember their name. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, as soon as I saw them fall into that pit and there were zombies in there and the governor does his best to, um, uh, just primally just rage out and kill these zombies in the most weirdest way you would ever yeah, like think to do. Yeah, like a couple of those zombies, he kills them, and I'm like, really? I don't think it would work that way. I don't think you can rip somebody's top of their skull off unless they've been dead a really long time. Like, um, I don't... With a bone, I don't think that that would work. It, you know what? I mean, um, 
really the show has the best defense against that and it's you know, I would think the one thing in this episode, if you're going to question about a zombie, is the fresh uh, zombie grandpa getting his head caved in by a air tank. Like that would be pretty tough. Good point. Yeah, not not these rotting corpses, but as soon as he fell in, I'm like, oh, we've only seen that before with the. Now it could be some sort of moat that they've dug around, like a camp or something. But I immediately thought, crap. This and then and then you hear the gunfire. So and it's you got to remember it's only the governor and the little girl that fall in. So we don't know what's gone, what's happened with uh, the mother and the sister. And uh, you know after killing the three zombies in the pit, we see uh, old second banana show up and kind of look all surprised. Like yep, and he the says, guy that was the you. guy that was the guy that helped him in the town. Helps him out of the thing. And you have to remember the beginning of the episode. He left him behind. He wakes up that day and the other two guys are gone. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're still alive, huh? And they pull him out of the pit. And that's the way the episode ends. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, the beauty of this episode. And um, I know we were all upset when the governor lived. But the beauty of this episode is that it trumps what we assume was going to happen we kept saying oh the governor's going to show up in some maniacal fashion you know show up just when rick is you know getting things back to normal we thought we thought at the end of the flu epidemic the governor would show up and start causing havoc which we were worried was going to happen when he showed up at the end of episode five we did not think that the governor would you know in a weird sort of apocalypse scenario, I'm sure people can change character just based on their experiences. So it's interesting that the writers have decided, you know, let's let's not have the governor go on a revenge binge. Let's have him, you know, experience some some humanizing, you know, uh, experiences, I guess. I don't know for lack of a better term. But... You know that's interesting going forward, and uh, it makes you question why, at the end of episode five, he was at the prison. Yeah, because you don't know if he was there because he's the bad guy again, or if he's actually going to be there to save them from something. Right? Maybe warn them about Second Banana, who obviously has spent a lot too much time around Evil Governor, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I for once can say that I don't know where this is going to go. Having seen this curveball they've thrown us with the governor sort of being redempted, you know, seeing a redemption curve a little bit here. I, I have to say I'm really impressed because this was not the direction I expected them to take with the governor. Um, I hope it continues. If next episode... He goes back to being crazy and evil and he kills the people he just spent the entire episode helping. I'm going to be really disappointed. Oh, yeah. No, uh, in my mind, I think they need to continue along this path. I mean, it seems like... But, I mean, he's he's such a crazy person. I mean, if anything happens to that little girl, you know, he's treating... He know. It seems like he knows that she's just a little girl that he needs to protect. He's not like coveting over her as if she's her his daughter. I mean, he's let go of the past. We saw him burn that photo. Um, but it'll be interesting to see 
if he's able to resist the temptations of, uh, you know, his life at Woodbury, you know, what he had. Because he could easily get it back, you know? He's a smart, cunning, strong guy, uh, character rather, and I think that if he really put his mind to it, he could he could rebuild. And that's what we thought was going to happen, you know? Like we had predicted, maybe, hey, maybe he builds Woodbury 2.0. And they get some people who, who don't mess things up and a smarter scientist. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and um, I'm glad they're going in a direction that has surprised us. You know? I, I If it continues in this direction, I will be very happy. So that's that's kind of my final say on it. Good. Well, I mean, I'm glad we enjoyed it. And I will admit that as I was watching it, I was not static about it but it grew on me as it continued so i am looking forward to next week we have two more episodes until the um end of our walking dead talks until february um we had so much fun with our guests uh our guest rather joel last week that we're gonna try to get some guests on for the last two episodes of the first half of season four can't make any solid announcements yet because we're still looking to confirm but uh hopefully we will have a surprise for you next week, and we will be able to confirm both guests that will be on in the next two weeks. So stay tuned. And, Lou, drumroll, this brings us to our contest. Yes, our contest. <laughs> yeah, so last week we announced that um, we would be giving away two T-No-Evil t-shirts um, to the person who sent in, rather, to the people who sent in their bad zombie jokes um and we got two entries and they are both very good bad zombie jokes um so uh i'll read the first one lou because you said you really love the second one so i I'll love the you... second one it's so bad but i love it yeah i'll let you read that now now keep in mind folks that um if you ever have a bad zombie joke and we are always looking um but considering we have two shirts to give away and two entries we figured we'd read them both on the show now uh, it's just too bad Bob isn't here to butcher them. But anyways, uh, Tino Evil was a, a Kickstarter we had on the show, and they were uh, wonderful enough to give us two T-shirts to give away. And uh, we'll have links in the show notes for where you can find them. And let's, without further ado, let's read these entries. So our first one comes from Ashley and Glenn, who are a couple who listens to the show each week to get through their commute. And um, I think that's awesome. Uh, two zombie fans listening to... Zombie fans talk zombies. A lot of zombies. So here's her joke. Why do zombies make good DJs? And I, I don't know. I, Why do they? I was going to say, I should have took the punchlines out of here so then I could have had Lou guess. So I apologize. Um, they make killer sound bites. <laughs> That's pretty good. I think, I think Bob would have enjoyed that because he's a bit of a music buff. So I think they were playing to the judge there a little bit. But... I thought it was really good. So, Lou, why don't you read your zombie jokes? So, our second one comes from Will Stiretto, and he says, Why did the zombie... What did the... Sorry. (laughs) Start over. Yep. What did the zombie do after he dumped his girlfriend? I don't know, Lou. What did the zombie do? He wiped his butt. (laughs) Put him... (laughs) Now, that is a... That is a, a a good bad zombie joke uh, that I both of these I don't think I've ever heard. So 
you know, kudos, guys. These are really well done. Um, I'll get in touch with both of you uh, on how you can uh, get your new T-shirt, these lovely designs. And speaking of T-shirts, we might have some more giveaways coming up for this specific product. Um, Zombies Ate My Podcast has a T-shirt on Slash Loot. Uh, we have a link on the homepage of our website. I actually just got mine in the mail. I got a black one. Um, I might, you know, once I get some pictures of it, I'll put it up on the web so you guys can see what it looks like in the flesh, meaning I'll be wearing it. Uh, and yeah, and it's available in black, white, ash, all kinds of sizes, male, female, anything you can want. Um, the more people who buy these shirts, the more shirts we'll have up there. We're thinking about designs, but we want to make sure that this is something you guys want. So go and buy it. And it supports the show and it goes right back to you guys because we put it into hosting and prizes and all that fun stuff. Yeah. If you want more giveaways and you want more stuff, buy the shirts. It helps us support the show and it helps us do other ideas that we would love to do. So. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, speaking of other ideas, I mean, we've talked for a long time about starting a, a, our YouTube page up, doing some live game streams. I, I've heard a rumor we might have a YouTube page now. <laughs> we have a YouTube page now. I remember last week Bob was giving me a hard time, and I said, you know what, Bob? Screw you. I'm going to make this YouTube page. So we are now on YouTube at youtube.com slash zombies ate my podcast. That is also attached to a Google Plus page, so you can add us to your circles and plus us, one us, or whatever you do on that thing. Um, but uh, we're going to have a couple old uh, uh, walk uh, pl- uh, game-playing videos where we played uh, Left 4 Dead last year, uh, Zombie U, and then uh, 400 Days for The Walking Dead. But afterwards, we're going to start doing some content. Uh, the four of us will be... Three of us will be playing, maybe four... And uh, we'll have that up on our YouTube page. But, Lou, is there anything that you think we need to tell the listeners before we wrap this show up? Um, I think we need to tell them where they can find us. That is true. What do you think? I, I think we should. Do you want to handle that? I can handle that. All right. You can find us at our website, Zombies Ate My Podcast. And you can email us at info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Please send us emails. We love your emails and we want to read them on the show. And besides these zombie jokes, we haven't gotten a lot of email lately. So please send us some emails. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Zombies Ate My Pod, uh, Zombies Podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. I, of course, am Busy Zombie Lord on Twitter, and Ryan is R. Murphy, and Bob is at Bobbert F. Send him some good wishes and tell him you hope he feels better so he'll be here next week. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> this it just keeps going. Yes, it does. <laughs> this is the longest, the longest outro ever. So, <laughs> last week we had Joel Duggan on, and you, he did our artwork, so... Follow Joel at Joel. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't this, have made you how do, do, you do this. How do you do this every week, man? How do you do this? Well, this is episode I, 42. I, I need to applaud you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll help you. Uh, Joel Duggan, at Joel Duggan on Twitter and JoelDuggan.com. As Lou said, he's done our uh, iTunes and website and t shirt artwork. And he's a big fan of our t shirt. 
uh, as he said in the notes that I did delete from last week. Um, I noticed that. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, so that is Zombies Ate My Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our Walking Dead rundown. Bob will be back next week and a special guest who I'm sure will remind you to always shoot them in the brain. Thank you for listening. And I don't have I don't have a, a bad zombie joke to read at the end. No, we leave we leave that awfulness to Bob. <laughs>